So we're transitioning to the, our final portion of this morning where four of us uh, are going to be preaching, <laughs> we were told, seven to ten minute sermons. We'll see how that goes for, for four preachers. Um, and I think that the, the question um, I think that Aria posed earlier was a beautiful question. How do we proclaim a vision for a healed city to our people? How do we proclaim a vision for a healed city to our people? I think one of our great tasks as preachers and proclaimers of God's word week by week is to not just explain what the word of God says, but to proclaim the vision of a healed world and how our people might engage in it. So I'm going to read a piece of scripture and then preach a brief (laughs) homily sermon, uh, mini sermon. This is in a way that I might do that for my people. I I serve a, a large white leaning evangelical affluent congregation and so all of us serve different kinds of people and so i'm sort of trying to model to you how my i might do that with my own people does that make sense all right so let's hear the word of god i'm reading from isaiah chapter 65 verses 17 through 25 the lord says for i am about to create new heavens and a new earth The former things shall not be remembered or come to mind. I will rejoice in Jerusalem. I will delight in my people. No more shall the sound of weeping be heard or the cry of distress. No more shall there be in that city an infant who lives but a few days or an old person who does not live out a lifetime. For one who dies at a hundred years will be considered a youth and one who falls short of a hundred will be considered accursed. In that city... They shall build houses and inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and eat their fruit. They shall not build and another inhabit. They shall not plant and another eat. For like the days of a tree shall the days of my people be, and my chosen shall long enjoy the work of their hands. In that city they shall not labor in vain or bear children for calamity. For they shall be offspring blessed by the Lord and their descendants as well. In that city the wolf And the lamb shall feed together. The lion shall eat straw like the ox. And the serpent, his food will be the dust. They shall not hurt or destroy on all my holy mountain, says the Lord. This is the word of God. Thanks be to God. So one of our favorite things to do as a family, I have four little girls at home between ages 7 and 13. And one of our favorite things to do as a family is to build puzzles. This is a 500-piece. We've even gotten up to a 1,500-piece puzzle doing this together as a family. And one of the best things and most important things about building a puzzle is something that you do not often think about, and that is the box. Imagine trying to build a puzzle without the picture on the box. And the picture on the box is not a blueprint. It does not show you exactly where all of the pieces in the puzzle go. But here's what the picture on the box does. It gives you a preview, a vision, a picture of what all these jumbled pieces together will one day become when you get around that table and piece them together. That's the key of a puzzle, the picture on the box. The picture on the box. Brothers and sisters, I want to tell you that when we read a passage like that one we just heard from Isaiah, we are getting a picture on the box. We are getting a a preview 
of what God intends this world to be. What indeed he promises that it will one day be when all the fragmented pieces of our world are put together again. We get a picture of this box when we read the opening of the book of Genesis and we see the kind of whole world of shalom that God first created our world to be. We get a picture of the box when we read the prophets like Isaiah and Micah and others who prophesy of a world that God will build and that God will redeem. We get a picture of the box in the person of Jesus as he walks among us and begins to piece our world back together again. We get a picture on the box when we read the book of Revelation. We get a vision of that new city that is to come. And when we look at this picture, we see this astonishing thing. We see a city of rich community. We see a picture of diverse people of all nations and cultures and races living together in peace. We see a world of economic and cultural flourishing. We see a city of people engaged in satisfying and meaningful work. We see a world of justice and healing, a world of purity and holiness, of beauty and creativity. We see a world in which the powerful protect the vulnerable rather than using their power for their own gain. We see a world free of violence, abuse, oppression, sorrow, and death. That is the picture on the box. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't you want to live in a world like that? Turn to your neighbor and say, don't you want to live in a world like that? Don't you want to live in a world like that? Don't you want to live in a world of shalom? That's the picture on the box. That's the world in the way that God intended it to be. Now, we are here today, brothers and sisters, because we know that though this is the world that is promised, this is the world that we know that one day will be, this is not indeed the world we have. What we have instead, (laughs) what we have instead of this is this. This, this, this is what we have. We have a shattered world. We have a world infected, abused, destroyed, decimated by sin. This is sin that is not just in individual hearts, but this is evil that has worked its way into the systems and the structures of our world itself. This is a world in which everything is shattered, everything is broken. This is so far from the picture on the box. And we know because of this, because because of this, because of evil, because of the, the, the sin that has worked its way into the systems and structures of our world, we do not have peace, we have violence. We do not have economic flourishing, we have economic pain and poverty with a quarter of our Richmond citizens living under the federal poverty line. Instead of children, like our passage read, born into peace, we have children born through no fault of their own, simply by the nature of of the circumstances of their birth, who have two to three hundred times less of flourishing in our society than my own children. We have a city that is not unified, flourishing. We have a city that is divided and segregated in every single possible way a city could be divided, racially, socioeconomically, politically, jurisdictionally. This is the fragmentation of Shalom. The picture on the box is shattered. And so my question is today, what do we do? As people of God, as followers of Jesus Christ, what is our calling? Christians have debated about this over time. Some Christians have said, well, if this is our world, if this is our world, the best thing we can do is save souls to get us out of here. That's the very best thing that we're called to do, just save souls and and wait for that blessed day. 
But Jesus himself said, blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the... Notice Jesus did not say, blessed are the peaceful. Blessed are those who are at peace in their hearts, listening to worship music, waiting for that blessed heavenly day. No, Jesus says, blessed are the peacemakers, the shalom makers. Blessed are those who take the pieces of our world and begin to put them back together again. God is a peacemaking God. God is committed to wholeness. As soon as our world was shattered, he began to make promises to Abraham, to the mothers and fathers of the faith. He made a promise that this world would one day be redeemed. He came among us in the person of Jesus. He himself began to redeem what was broken and heal what is ill. Jesus Christ himself took on the evil and sin and sorrow of our world, bearing it down into death, rising again for the resurrection of our world. God himself is a peace making God, and he says, now you, my people, do what I do. I am a shalom-making God, now you are a shalom-making people. Blessed are those who take fractured things and piece them back together again. Blessed are those who bring community out of isolation. Blessed are those who give themselves to restoring what is marred. Blessed are the shalom-makers. And friends, we don't need a whiteboard. We don't need a brainstorm about what this world is, needs to look like, what a just and peaceful society could be. We have a picture on the box. We have a vision from God himself of what he intends this world to be. It's not our job to fix it all. Only God can do that. Only God will redeem this world and make it right again. But it means as people who know this God, who are in union with Jesus Christ and full of his spirit, who live in the hope of the resurrection and who have the picture on the box, we, more than anyone else, have the resources to begin to piece the fragmented shards of our world back together again. We do it through building relationships. We do it through crossing lines and developing friendship with someone who is another. We do it in small ways. We do it in big ways, like getting behind our metro transportation unit uh, movement that is literally seeking to piece together what is divided to begin seeing a healed city. Friends, all of this is in fulfillment of Jesus' prayer. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in Richmond as it is in heaven. Blessed are the shalom makers. Blessed are those who see this and work for its fulfillment. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you. For the picture on the box that you give to us, that you, we are not walking around hoping that someday things are going to get fixed. We know they will be, because Jesus has already risen from the dead. And yet here we are in this sin-scarred world, and we pray for strength for our people, that all of us would be shalom makers. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. amen.